My name is Alicia Asin, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Livalium. I think that we should ensure that there's a balance between connectivity and also the services that we want to create using that connectivity. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Hi, Alicia. Thank you for coming on the show. Hi, my pleasure being here. Before we get into our conversation about 5G and its role in helping us solve some of our most pressing economic and connectivity challenges, let me ask you for an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you. Oh, that's a that's a powerful question indeed. Um, I think that uh, I don't see many differences in, in genders, but uh, I remember that when I was pregnant of my first baby, uh, I have a very, very clear vision of priorities at all times. I was very afraid of suffering of any emergency and having to stay home like uh, other women I've, I've met. And I, uh, I develop a sense of, of solving or, or um, tidying all the tasks I wanted to finish every day, absolutely prioritizing all of them just to make sure that in case I wanted to make it the next day, everything was going to be solved. So I, I, I like that habit that I developed there. <laughs> I think being able to establish priorities is something I do hear a lot, as well as multitasking. Absolutely. You wrote an article back in November called 5G is not the cure for the economic downturn. First, can you explain why people were suggesting that it is and then why you feel that it isn't? Well, I I wanted to be very provocative with, uh, with that statement because I am... Um, I have the impression after being in the IoT market for 14 years that the conversation is always dominated by the connectivity. And I think that's only a very small portion of the, uh, of the full cake of, of, the, the, of the problem. So when, when we went into the lockdowns and we started to advance the uh, digitalization processes in all the industries and, and companies. Um, suddenly, I started to see a lot of hype around 5G. Um, because now we are all working from home, now we all do need 5G, and this is going to be the solution. And, and I felt, well, uh, there's way ahead 5G. So there's multiple things that we have to do besides ensuring the connectivity. Yeah, let's talk more about those other things, because you do mention in the article that investment in 5G is necessary, but that it shouldn't, quote, go alone, kind of like you were just saying right now. So what else should we be coupling with 5G to help facilitate a strong economy as well as provide reliable and accessible connectivity? Well, connectivity is exactly an infrastructure, and uh, infrastructures by definition are enables, but not creators. 
So let's imagine that you create a really nice and safe highway going to nowhere. You are not developing the economy of uh, of the, the villages surrounding the highway just by the fact of having the availability of a highway. You need to create services using and benefiting from that. So in the case of 5G, it's usually coupled with the IoT development. Well, that's not going to happen just because we have 5G available. And in many cases, you, you 5G will be the final excuse to adopt some IoT projects, but in many others, uh, there will be a lack of funding available and a, uh, a lack of knowledge to put together all those projects. So I think that we should ensure that there's a balance between connectivity, the services that we want to, uh, to create using that connectivity and make sure that the end users that are supposed to be benefiting from that technology have the tools, the knowledge, and the funding to access the whole solution. Okay, great. And you mentioned IoT, which we will talk about uh, in a little bit, but let's focus on 5G some more. Do you think that there's a tendency within the communications industry to overhype the value of 5G just more generally? Well, I think that we all try to tell the story from our own angle. And the telcos and operators are very strong players in the technology market. And of course, they always try to center all the topics around the connectivity. And that's just one piece of the solution. If you have this connectivity solved, but you don't have proper cloud solutions to deal with all the data that you are transmitting, uh, well, there's there's nothing useful out of that connectivity. You are linking nothing to nothing. If you don't have sensors and devices providing and producing those data uh, that it's going to be used in that cloud to optimize processes and, and, and to to run artificial intelligence algorithms to improve uh, processes and reduce costs in, in factories and, and, and create better environmental data sets. That's, that's totally useless. So uh, we all, we try to be less um, egocentric and we have to think, we all need to understand that we are all uh, a small piece in the um, in the full puzzle of the of the new digital world. Now I'm going to give you the opportunity to say something nice about 5G. From your perspective, what will 5G solve if not the economic downturn? Well, multiple things. So, for example, that's going to be the final excuse to ensure connectivity in many rural areas, for instance, and I think that's a very important one. Um, that's um, in in many public administrations. They are seeing uh, they are creating their general plans of five G development together with the digitalization plans for rural areas and try to avoid all the problems of uh, people uh, living those uh, those spaces totally empty. 
then we will be able to to create for the first time amazing uh, applications with virtual reality. For example, we we would be able for the first time to actually be visiting uh, another another city in real time, thanks to them to the to the speed and the performance of uh, of the five G network. We will be able to um, to do some calculation and in the network. 5G. So we will have some computations um, um, power in the network embedded, which will be very useful. And, and also, in in cases where you have mission critical applications or um, in the autonomous vehicle, especially, I think the um, the um, characteristics of uh, of uh, low latency of of five G and the possibility of perform real time applications will will definitely be be a boost for those applications. So yes, I I, I can say very nice things about five G as well. <laughs> Okay, and I mentioned that we were going to talk a little bit about IoT as well. And in another article, you discuss the issue of hyperfragmentation within the IoT market. Can you further characterize this hyperfragmentation and why it's such a barrier for IoT growth? Well, it's the IoT is very fragmented. It's hyperfragmented in in many senses. Uh, first of all, there's from the very beginning back in. Uh, 2006, I remember customers waiting for the ultimate connectivity option for IoT. And after 14 years, we see that we have cellular, Wi-Fi, um, we have LP1 technologies also. Now we'll have um, in the IoT, 5E connectivity. And, and we also have continuously new improvements in the sensor market as well, uh, from uh, very low cost and low performance sensors to very high performance with high accuracy sensors. So um, the fact that you have so many options available may may, uh, get some customers very confused, waiting for the usual path of, well, what's going to be the the, um, uh, Blu-ray of the IoT, uh, it's going to be the de facto standard. So that if I'm um, um, a lagger or a, a de- or part of the early majority, I can. What when do I recognize that very low risk entry point in that technology? If you are continuously announcing new technologies, new sensors, new devices, and new advances in cloud platforms as well. Um, you you are feeling the immaturity message all the time. So um, for that reason, I usually link uh, hyperfragmentation or with interoperability. I said, don't wait for a standard uh, in anything in the IoT, but absolutely demand interoperability and scalability. If you're not sure about the cloud platform you you want to store your data in, well, make sure that you pick one and you can change it in the future without any major engineering um, uh, tricks. If you're not sure about the 
data rates or the their data plans of your connectivity option. Make sure you have a backup plan and you can switch that. So I think that we need to switch the our mindset when signing a project and not everyone is prepared to. And for my final question, I wanted to ask you how Labellium is dealing with some of these challenges specifically. So we are trying to go the extra mile in, in IoT projects and we are trying to become a global IoT solution provider. It doesn't mean that we want to uh, develop full projects by ourselves. Uh, that'd be very, uh, definitely not very humble from our side and absolutely stupid if we could, if we consider that we could do that. But we can use all our knowledge and expertise in the market acquired after 14 years in the market to advise our customers in, in many different aspects from end-to-end solutions. Um, which kind of technologies you, you should, uh, you should uh, pick in depending on the application. How can you measure the results? Um, which cloud solutions can fit better your needs and all those things. And, and we need to, and we can do that because we can, we are supported by a, a more than 100 partners network. That, uh, that have been cooperating with us over the years and are completing our solutions in, in many different aspects, sometimes with a very specific vertical expertise or with um, artificial intelligence knowledge or with a system integration capability or many other things. So I think that today it's important to find one uh, one single window to talk to when you need to, to, to start with an IoT project to, to avoid getting lost. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for sharing your perspective with me. That was very fun. <laughs> I always like to hear a little bit about 5G's limitations only because I spend so much time hearing about 5G's promises and people getting excited. So, And, and it's going to solve everything just for having it. And that's, yeah, that's not enough. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> well, Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Catherine Speglia. 